Hey, thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. Here at Velocity, we love listening about how lives are changed through our church. So if that's you, please contact us at amen at findvelocity.org. Enjoy today's message. As we kick off this new series, one of the things you should know is that it's always my heart that we finish the year strong. You know, how you end one season determines how you start the next one. That's why it's so important if you're transitioning in your job, you don't just slough off those last two weeks, you bring your best. If you're closing out the semester, you don't just phone it in. You work hard, you bring your best. How you finish one season determines how you start the next season. And I don't know if you can believe it, but we are in November already. 2019 is right around the corner, and I don't want us to go into 2019 limping from everything that happened this year, but to really go in with strength and faith, believing that God has great things for us. And so we take this time of year to look back on all that God has done, but to move forward confidently expecting and believing that God still has more. So we're gonna do that. And you know, we started this year off, every year I, I challenge you to get a word, a word for your life, a word about what God wants to build in your life that year. We started this year off with this word, ascend. And we started the year with a series called Liftoff. You guys remember that? We went through uh, the Psalms of Ascent. Well, as we close out this year, I thought it only seemed appropriate that God doesn't just want us to lift off and go to the next level and go higher into the things that he has for us, but he wants to take us above and beyond. Uh, above where you're at currently, beyond the limitations you've set for yourself. So we're gonna do that, and we're gonna gather today around this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter eight. And over the course of this series, I'm gonna be sharing some exciting things with you that God has for our church, how we're gonna continue to expand and grow and increase our reach, do more both in our city and around the world. And I can't wait to share all that with you, but today, I wanna give you this, and I really believe that this is for you. I mean, if you came in here and life has never been better, you are experiencing God's best. I believe that this message is for you because God wants to challenge you for more. And if you're in here and you've gone through the worst week of your life, the worst season of your life, I believe that this word is for you. You know, only God can do that. Only God can take one word and speak it to everybody's different situation. Because we all come in here with different things we're carrying. And some of us, we're, we're riding high. Maybe we've got some joys from some things that have happened. Some of us are riding low. But I believe this is for you. And so if you would, just help me out a little bit this morning. Just like elbow the person sitting next to you. Tap them on the shoulder, shove them. Everybody find somebody and tell them, hey, this is for me. This is for me. Today. He's talking to me. You can listen if you want, but this is for me. All right, can you say that? You need to make sure you tell somebody that. You can listen if you want to, but he's talking to me today. God wants to talk to you today. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Have you found your way there yet? If you haven't, there's no hope for you. Just kidding. We're, we got the words on the screen. You're going to be able to follow along. We're all in this together. We went together, somebody. So, uh, and God has really been using this to minister to me all week. So I'm excited to share it with you. Second Corinthians chapter eight, this is what it says. 
And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. How in the midst of a very severe trial, don't raise your hand, but has anybody experienced a very severe trial recently? In the midst of severe persecution, in the midst of severe affliction, one translation says, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Now, I got way more I want to read, but I got to stop here for a minute because this is so crazy to me. I don't know how you can reconcile this in your mind, but their season right now is called severe trial. The facts right now is called extreme poverty. But the outcome was an outpouring of generosity. How is that possible? Severe trial, severe poverty, extreme generosity. Well, apparently there was something we missed. It said they had overflowing joy, which tells me that the joy in my life is not a result of the experiences of what I'm going through right now. It doesn't seem like this is possible, but what appeared to be lack in their life resulted in experiencing God's limitless supply. He says, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond, say beyond. When you're preaching a message called above and beyond, you look for scriptures that have the word beyond in it. <laughs> even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And can I tell you that this is a privilege? It's a privilege to be used by God. It's a privilege to get to be part of building God's great church. If you come to church here, you call this your church home, one thing you gotta know is that we get to do this. I, I never want us to miss out on this mindset that this is a privilege, that God chose us, God chose you to be the carriers of his gospel into the world. So they said, they, they pleaded with us, let us take part in this privilege. We want, we want to have a part in this. It says, and they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord. It's where it always has to start. Committed their life to Christ. Said, God, my life is yours. It's not about my will, my desires, my preferences. It's about what you want. It says, and then, by the will of God, also to us. Meaning they said, we are bought into this mission. We believe in what God is doing in this place. We believe in the vision to take this ministry and to take this gospel into the parts of the world. We're in on this. So we urge Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning with that series liftoff that you did, to bring it also to completion with this series above and beyond through this act of grace on your part. So since you excel in everything, Velocity Church, he says, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I wanna speak to you from this subject. If you're taking notes, you can write this down as your title. I'm calling this message, Know Your Limits. Know Your Limits, and that's N-O. Comes by way of my daughter, Pippa, who's two years old. You know, she's, she's turning three soon, but she, she's got this thing 
Marissa and I, we just tell each other, say, you just got node. We use it like a verb. Because we'll ask her to do something and she'll say, Pippa says no. Now, how much sass do you have to have in your life at two years old that you refer to yourself in the third person? <laughs> Pippa says no. And you know, that's what you gotta do with your limitations that you've put on your life. You just gotta say, Justin says no. Shannon says no. Max says, you just gotta tell them no. You gotta know your limits. Well, let's pray. Let's, let's ask for God's help. I believe God wants to speak to you today. And if you would bow your head, I'm gonna say a prayer for all of us. God, we thank you so much for your word. We know that every time we open up your word, there's the opportunity for change. So God, I'm asking that as your word goes forth, that's exactly what you would do, that you would change us today, God. Let your word sit on our heart. Let it expose and reveal the places where we've believed something that isn't true. And God, we welcome you to speak. We need to hear from you. Not my words, not my opinions, not something on a page, God, but speak to our heart today. We look to you, we believe it, we receive it, and everybody who agrees with that can say amen. So how many of you have ever heard that phrase, you gotta know your limits? You gotta know your limits, right? It's, I mean, it's kind of conventional wisdom uh, that we have to know what we're capable of. And on the surface, I think that this is good advice, that you have some gifts, that I don't have, I have some gifts that you don't have, you have things you can do that I can't do, I have things I can do that you can't do, and we all have to know our limits, what we can do and what we can't do, what God has called us to, what God hasn't called us to. We, we can't put something in our lives that God didn't put in, right? If God left it out, it was left out on purpose, we gotta know our limits. I think that's good. I mean, there's, there's some things in your life like, you know, you're, you're just not gonna be able to do. I, I, I tell my kids from time to time, I don't think this is for you. You know, like dancing. Like, <laughs> I don't know where they get it. I think too much Fortnite, honestly. But they all think they can dance. And I'm, I'm saying, hey, I think you need to choose a different path. I, I don't think that God has this for your life. Now my youngest, Pippa, she's been shaking it since she was one year old. She got it from her mama. And uh, I'm just saying, I, I don't see a career in that. We are in trouble. Unless she's gonna be a Zumba instructor or something like that, please pray. Please pray. But uh, you gotta know your limits. Know what God is calling. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, just even in our life, uh, you know, some of us, you, you know, like, Mike, they're, they're never gonna play in the NBA. I'm not, I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying that genetically they have not been gifted in that area, setting them up for heartache. Or, you know, some of us, some of us can sing. Uh, others of us, we should, you know, only sing in the shower. And, uh, you know, when we come to church, just make sure nobody's sitting around you. you take a seat in the back. You're, you're, you're closer to God that way. Um, I'm just saying you got to, you know, uh, we got to know our limits, um, some of us can build things. So, uh, some of us are good with our hands. Others of us, we hire people. Otherwise, we're going to be injured. You, you just, you got you to gotta know your limits. But my, my problem with this advice, like I said, on the surface, I get. But my problem is understanding we all have our gifts. Understanding that God made us all in 
his unique way. Uh, understanding that we all have our own capacity. My, my challenge is, if I'm supposed to know my limits, how am I supposed to know what my limits are? How am I really supposed to know what my capacity is? How am I supposed to know my capacity if I never challenge it? How am I ever supposed to know what I'm capable of if I never move beyond what I'm comfortable with? See, that's God's word for some of you. Is that God wants to do something in your life, but you'll never move out of what you're comfortable with. I think back to my life, I, I tell you from time to time about my fitness exploits. I, I, I don't tell you this to laugh, but as soon as I keep talking, people start chuckling. And it's so hurtful. It really, I'm not trying to give you comedic material, I'm just trying to make an illustration. And the moment I do that, you guys are so mean. But I've been through a lot of trainers. And if you wanna you know, build up your self-esteem, there's nothing like realizing that you've been the catalyst in helping personal trainers realize that God has more for their life. <laughs> and I'm not saying it's because like, I led them to Christ and they said, oh, I'm gonna go into ministry. I'm saying it's because like, I've worked with them for so long and they didn't get any results that they felt like there must be more for them than to work with people like me and not see any results. But, so I don't have a trainer anymore, but I've been working with, with uh, one of the guys in our church. He's a great guy. Uh, Danny, would you actually just come, come down here, Danny? We need to look at you. I appreciate it. Hey, I didn't tell him I was going to bring him up front. But this guy is such a physical specimen. You know, I, I wanted everybody else to just bask in the glory of Danny. I, uh, you know, like sometimes people will like hang a swimsuit like in their closet or picture from a magazine on the fridge. I just have a picture of Danny on my phone. It's, uh, it's a little bit awkward, but it's been working for me. All right, you can go sit down. I just want people to look at you. This is your moment. But I've been working out with Danny, I don't know, about two years. I remember the first time uh, we, we, we met up in the gym because he was like, I don't know, he wanted to, he tried to get me to do CrossFit, CrossFit, bro. I was like, no, we're not, we're not doing CrossFit. I'll do that one time with you, and then I'll help you see the error of your ways. But we've been going to the gym. And he asked me, I remember the first time, he, he's like, he's like hey, hey, Pastor, so what are your goals? I'm like, Danny, this is not complicated. My goals are to look good. <laughs> If I could look good by eating donuts, I would do that, but I can't, so I'm here. My goals are to look good. So he's like, all right, well, how do you feel about cardio? I said, Danny, I don't do cardio, all right? I don't do cardio, I don't need to do cardio. I walk with Jesus and I run from temptation. That is my cardio. That's all you need. But uh, he's like, all right, well, how do you feel about legs? I said, I don't do legs either. There is never gonna be a moment where somebody is looking at me on the platform saying, I wonder how much that guy can squat. <laughs> I'm never gonna be wearing booty shorts, showing off my, showing my it's just not gonna happen. I said, Danny, I don't do legs. He says, well, okay, well, how, how do you feel about pull-ups? I said, now pull-ups, I, I can do pull-ups. I, I pull up to the Chick-fil-A drive-thru, I mean like twice a week. I can do, no, no I said, I can do pull-ups. I can do it. And so he walks me over to, uh, to these rings that are hanging down. I said, what are these rings for? He says, these are for pull-ups. I said, what are you talking, just give me the bar. I'm not like trying out for the Olympics or anything. I don't need to do the rings. Just, just take notes. He's like, no, this is how we're doing pull-ups. I said, I take back what I said. I can't do pull-ups. I can't. And I couldn't. Have you ever tried doing ring pull-ups? Have you? It's, don't. It's, uh, it's a challenge. It's really hard. 
And I, I thought I could do, I mean, I could like with the bar, but I was trying to, to do it and I couldn't do one. I said, Dan, it's not that I don't want to. It's not that I won't. I, I literally can't. I'm like jumping up, trying to hold myself. I can't do it. Can't do it. But I am pleased to tell you that as of recently as last week, I can do eight ring pull-ups. Yeah. Now, the only reason you're clapping for that is because you know how pathetic that is. You're just trying to encourage me. Danny told me I could tell you I could do 10, but that would be a lie. I'm not going to lie in church. His last two didn't count. He was helping me up. I was on his shoulders. <laughs> he was doing squats. I was doing pull-ups. It was awkward, but, you know, it's the kind of relationship we have. Helping me out. But uh, here's the point. What I'm trying to get at is what I discovered at the gym is what you need to discover in your life as a Christian, is that what I thought was my capacity and what I told him was my capacity. I can't do these ring pull-ups. I can't do a one, and I couldn't. What I told him was my capacity was really just a result of my conditioning. And I wonder, I wonder what you've convinced yourself that you can't do, that really you just won't do. I wonder what you've told yourself you're not capable of that really you're just not comfortable with. Because see, what I've discovered about church people, and really this is true of any area of leadership, if you're a boss, if you're leading a team, leading an organization, leading a classroom, what I've discovered about church people is they say they want to grow. And they say they want to change, but they don't want to be challenged. And let me tell you, if you won't be challenged, you won't be changed. With, without challenge, there is no change. And so we come to church and we're kind of like, like I was with Danny. Danny, I, I don't do cardio. I don't do legs. I don't do that stuff. And we come to church we say, I'll, I'll come to church, but I'm not going to do that. I'll, I'll come to church, but I, I'm, I'm not going to, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll raise my hands and sing in worship. I'll do that, but I'm not going to join a team. I'll take notes. I'll say amen, but I'm not going to give. I, I'll, I'll do this, but I won't do that. I don't do cardio. I don't do legs. And so my challenge is, as a pastor, is you're showing up, you're here to listen to the word of God, but you've already set the limitation on what part you're gonna believe. And I wanna help you today. I, I, I wanna help you see that there is something in you, that there's more in you. That I, I wanna help you see that there's more in you that what you've convinced yourself is beyond you. That's what I want for you. And to do it, I wanna look at this church in Macedonia because this church in Macedonia, they were in an incredibly difficult situation. Now, we don't really know all the reasons why they were in this situation. If you study about it, scholars will say different things. Some people will say that 
they had just endured a horrible earthquake, had leveled the land, everything was devastated, so now they're in this rebuilding phase. I mean, it's all they can do just to keep their lives together. Other people say that they were going through severe political persecution. They were, they were being oppressed by the powers that be. It was not a good situation. We don't really know what their severe trial was, but whatever it was, what we do know, it was so severe and their resources were so low that when Paul was going around trying to gather collections for this big offering they were gonna do, this, this special offering, he was gonna pass them over. He was gonna skip them. He didn't wanna ask anything of them. He didn't wanna put any kind of demand on them. But something within them insisted on being a part of this. That they said, Paul, don't limit us. Don't tell us what we can do and what we can't do. We want, we want in on this. And it says in verse three that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Now that's interesting to me because it started out with them doing what they could do and it ended with them doing something that they couldn't do. See, it's only when you challenge your limitations that you really discover your capacity. It's only when you begin to tell no to your limits, the things that you've believed about yourself, what you can do and what you can't do, that you really discover what you're capable of. And I don't want anybody here to be content with their limits. I want you to challenge your limits. A good leader is gonna challenge you to go beyond what you think you can do. I mean, how can you be content with your limits when you serve a God who says that his power is in you and you can do above and beyond all you can ask, think, or imagine that's in you? I'll tell you about a guy who was content with his limits. There's this guy in the Bible, you can read about him, Acts chapter three. He was a guy who was a cripple. He sat outside a gate called Beautiful. And because he couldn't walk, he couldn't work. And because he couldn't work, he decided, you know what, I'm just gonna sit outside and I'm gonna settle for the scraps that people will give me. I'm gonna settle for asking for help from others. I'm gonna settle for asking for alms. And I see this man, what I see in the lives of so many believers, how you can get so close to the things of God without ever really entering in because of a limitation you've believed about yourself, something that you can't do. But all of this changed one day when there were two men who were going up to the temple to worship, which was Peter and John. They walked past this man and he asked them for help. They asked him to cater to his limitation. Hey, this is all I need, this is all I want. Just give me some money and I'll be good to go. But they said, we're not gonna cater to your limitation. There's more in you. There's more in you. God has more for you. So we're gonna give you something, but we're gonna challenge you with what we're gonna give you. First of all, you gotta look at us, look up. Then you gotta stretch, stretch out your hand, and they helped this man up, and he walked. It was this amazing miracle. Now, we don't know a lot about it. I bet it was pretty awkward. Can you imagine what it must have been like for a man who'd been crippled his whole life to finally try to start to get up? I bet it was uncomfortable. 
But a lot of us will never step into the, God, to, to the calling that God has for us because we'll never move out of our comfort. We'll stay in our comfort zone. And see, a lot of us, we come to church to be comforted, but we don't want to be challenged. The moment we get challenged, we begin to receive it as a threat. And this isn't my main point, but I need to say it for someone in here today. Because in order to understand the purpose of a relationship, how it's supposed to work to get the most out of it, you got to understand the nature of the relationship. See, when you don't understand how a relationship is supposed to function, then it becomes dysfunctional. It's kind of like with my kids. You know, when they don't understand the function of something, they are more likely to get hurt or break the thing. It's like the weed eater, no, that is not meant to cut your brother's hair, okay? I know you can cut the grass with it, but it doesn't work that way. You're gonna break it or you're gonna hurt yourself. A lot of us get into relationships where we end up hurt, hurting the other person because we've misunderstood the nature of the relationship. That's why the people that help you the most or that you try to help the most can be the ones that hurt you the most. That's why you don't need to be your kid's best friend. They don't need a best friend, they need a dad, they need a mom. So we get into this and like lots of times what happens, we, we, we think that, well for me, if I'll just say personal example, like sometimes I try to get something from someone that they were never designed to deposit into my life. And then other times what happens is I'm trying to give something to someone that they can't receive or don't want to receive. And so you wonder why there's dysfunction in the relationship. What's my point with this? A lot of us misunderstand our relationship with Christ. We, we come in to our relationship with Christ thinking that it's designed to give us comfort. Now let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is our comforter, yes. But when you look at the ministry of Jesus, when he was on the earth, his purpose was not to come and bring people comfort. He, he didn't come and comfort people in their situations. What he did was confront the systems that had people in bondage. And I see so many of us, we come to church to be comforted, but we don't want to be confronted. And sometimes we need to be confronted. So sometimes we need to recognize that we can never step into our calling if we're staying in our comfort zone. And if we don't understand this, we get it confused because the moment things become a little bit uncomfortable, peace out. People come to church and they leave church because it gets uncomfortable. It is the same thing with Jesus. They follow Jesus. There's one time Jesus gave them some food. He fed 5,000 people. It was awesome. He gave them some comfort food. And they were like, hey, we really like that food you gave us. We would take some more of it. And he said, okay. Um, I didn't come just to comfort you, though. So if you want to follow me, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And he say, what? <laughs> no, thank you. That sounds awkward and uncomfortable. We are out of here. He actually said that. Obviously, he was speaking. There was a spiritual element 
But he said that and it was awkward and it was uncomfortable. He challenged their motives. And they said, peace out. But you know, I'm thankful for the people that have confronted me instead of comforting me. When I look back to situations in my life, things that I didn't think I could do, things that I thought I wasn't capable of, it didn't come because somebody coddled me. It came because somebody challenged me. This, this church came because somebody confronted me. Marissa, I was praying, seeking God for a period of two years. Felt like God had more for me. Felt like God wanted to do something in me. Had this desire, couldn't explain it, to plant a church. I didn't know anybody who planted a church. Hadn't been around anybody who planted a church. Had no idea even of other churches that were like this vision that was in my heart. It didn't come from a, a church like this. But I had this, this dream and this desire and I was praying about it. And I was wavering back and forth, different things in my life. And my wife, instead of giving me a big hug and saying, yeah, it's all right, just take your time, just whatever, I love you. She said, when are you gonna make a decision? Well, when are you gonna decide? Either God has called you to do this or he hasn't. If he's called you to do it, then step out and do it. If he hasn't, then don't do it. But don't just waver in this place. She confronted me. And I think about all the different things in our life, right? Where the, the things that you're doing that you thought you were incapable of. You know you've got those things that for a while maybe you've believed that it was impossible. But somebody challenged you. And don't like just look at Marissa like she's got a halo on because I'll tell you something about her. <laughs> when, we, when we finally made the decision, she said, hey, I love you. I support you. I believe in you. But don't you dare think I'm ever gonna get on that stage and speak. <laughs> don't make me do that. And I look and see just the way she leads and all the stuff with Radiant and just the gift that God's put on her the last four weeks. And I wonder what lies and limitations you've believed about yourself that God wants to change and God wants to challenge. I see us limit ourselves in all sorts of ways. We limit ourselves through our labels. So I'm just not that kind of person. I'm not built that way. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a naturally happy person. Since when did God ever consult your genetics and your personality and when he's called you to do something? We limit ourselves with lies. I can't do that. I can't do ring pull-ups. Not made for that. Limit ourselves with loopholes. Well, if God wanted me to do it, he'd make it easier. But if you would ever challenge your limitations, tell them no. If you'd ever say, no, I believe God's got more for me. Realize that you're a new creation in Christ. You've got a new name, new expectation for yourself. I'm preaching this to you because I'm concerned. I'm preaching this to you because 
I'm concerned you might miss out on what God has for you. Let me share with you a scripture. It's found in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse four. It says, whoever watches the wind will not plant and whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. What's it saying? If you're waiting for the optimal conditions to start following God, you are never gonna experience what God has for you. And I see so many people that are conditional in their faith. Yeah, I'll join a team once I'm done with college. Well, once my life is freed up a little bit. You know, once my situation becomes a little different, once life becomes a little less chaotic, a little easier, then I can do something. I'll give once I start making more money. Yeah, once, once this, you know, things settle down, then I can trust God. Then I can really be who God wants me to be. Like we always put it off in the future. We're thinking that our conditions have to change. I've got too much. And we say this, man, I, I could if I would. I could, or I would if I could, I'm sorry. I would if I could. I want to, I would if I could. But Paul said, this Macedonian church, they couldn't. But they did. This is the difference between seeing your situation through the eyes of faith and seeing it through your own natural eyes. They had a severe trial, extreme poverty, but the outcome was incredible generosity. What's the difference? See, faith, faith flips the script. Faith says, you, you say I would if I could. Faith says you could if you would. You could if you would. You could trust if you would trust. You could forgive if you would forgive. You, you could find time if you would find time. You could reconcile if you would reconcile. You could tithe if you would tithe. You, you could do it if you would do it. You could if you would, will you do it? Whatever it is that God has called you to do, will you do it? God wants to increase your capacity. He wants to increase your joy. He wants to increase your faith. He wants to increase your capacity, but the only way he can do it is to challenge your capacity for you to say no to your limits. There was this woman one time who was in need. She was like this Macedonian church. Severe trial, severe affliction, destitute and impoverished. She came to the prophet. She said, prophet, I need some help. I can't do this. I need you to do something. He says, okay, go get some empty jars. She said, no, you didn't hear me. I don't need empty jars. What would help me is some oil. If I had some oil, that would make a difference, but empty jars is not what I need. No, he said, you have to increase your capacity first. God wants to pour out his oil, his anointing, his blessing in your life, but he can't do it if you don't increase your capacity. And I wonder what would have happened if she would have quit. If she would have said, no, you're asking something of me that I can't do. It's too much for me. She would have missed out on the miracle that God wanted to 
pour out into her life. Friends, I'm challenging you today to say no to your limits. I'm challenging you to say no to what you think you can be and what you think you can become, what you think you can do. Scripture says this, and this is my theme verse for this entire series. It says, now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. It's the only limitation on your life. If you're a Christ follower, the only limitation is what you ask God and what you think he can do through you. I almost call this message power through because lots of times when we hit our limits, you know, that's the thing we say, well, you just gotta power through, but it's not your power, it's God's power. It's his power at work within you. And you never experience his power at work within you if you don't power through, through your limitations, through beyond what you think is possible. So I wanna challenge you today to get in on this. Just like that Macedonian church, they pleaded with Paul. He said, let us, let us have a part in this. I want you to have a part in this. I wish you would go to growth track. Been hearing about it for the 340 Sundays you've been coming here. Today is the day. I wish you would give. This is your church. I wish you would join a team. I wish you would get in a group. Have a, have a part in this. And we're gonna, I'm gonna be talking more about this in the coming weeks. We're gonna do an offering at the end of the year to expand what God wants to do this ministry, all I'm asking you right now is to begin to challenge the limitations that you've believed about yourself and to step beyond those limits into the place of obedience. That's where God's best is for you. I wanna pray for everybody here. Would you bow your head? I don't know what you've believed about yourself whether it's a lie, a label, or a loophole. But I would ask that you would give that to God today. Leave it here and let the seed of his word be planted into your life. That God can do so much in you and through you above and beyond all you can ask or think. How are you ever gonna know your capacity if you don't challenge it? How are you ever gonna know what you're capable of if you just stay what you're comfortable with? God has more for you. So for everybody here that needs to step beyond, I'm gonna pray for you right now. God, we, we reject those lies.